Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part media club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Hey gang, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this one doesn't have an intro because I tried one and it bombed. So um, we're just going to... We're just going to move on. Hey, gang, what's more important than trying to better yourself and letting your mistakes run wild is realizing their mistakes before they happen and just nipping them in the bud. We're just going to we're just going to take it out at the knees. We're going to it is better for you this way and it's better for me this way. Yeah, I think they can relate. I think they 100 percent agree with you. We're all on the same page now. Okay, let's just jump right into our game. This month, nope, this week, we're playing a game called Ghostwire Tokyo. This was a game that came out last year, and it's kind of been on my radar for a little while, and I'm happy that we got to play it. If you don't want to hear us talk about this game, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 24 minutes, 17 seconds. So Alex and I have a pretty like substantial, it's an unspoken rule where in order to save our conversations for purity for the conver- for the podcast, uh, we usually don't talk to each other about the thing until we're in it. Um, there are exceptions to this rule and apparently Ghostwire Tokyo was one of them. Because I just wanted you to know that you're going to have to carry the podcast. It would not have been fair for you to think this is going to be 50-50. <laughs> I show up and you have to put me on your back. So I, I had to let you know, hey, I'm only playing an hour. Hour 50. I think I, I t- logged in a total of an hour and 20 minutes. I'm not playing a minute more and you're going to have to carry this. So I, th- I felt that was fair. That's No, that's fair. And so... I knew going into this that this was going to be the one that you were going to struggle with the most. If not this, then Hollow Knight. You breeze through Hollow Knight. Like, you, like, received that way better than I thought you were going to. So I had hopes for this one as well. I was wrong. I I should have known better. Um, I mean, I try to be pretty receptive to games because... And here's another thing we're experiencing this month is we're picking different games every week. Like these games are not similar. So I'm giving all of them a chance. And this one freaking slapped me in the face, bro. So Ghostwire Tokyo is a first person to call it a first person shooter, I think would be a liberal use of that term. Yeah. Um, I guess a more accurate thing would be first person projectile launcher (laughs) um i guess so this game takes place in hey guess what tokyo um and don't ask me to explain the plot i barely understand long story short guy gets possessed by a dude all of tokyo turns into ghosts except for one dude and maybe his sister and the reason why this dude didn't get turned into a ghost is because he got possessed like halfway through the process or something like that. And now it's up to him and his pos- and the spirit that's possessing him with their powers combined to take down the evil dude that's doing this to Tokyo. Um, I don't remember any of the character names except for the spirit that possesses you is named KK. And he is... Uh, way cooler than the protagonist himself. Just in general, like I was way more receptive to what KK was yes. saying than anyone else. So I too was lost in this story. Um, 
It's in Japanese, so you're reading subtitles the whole time. Okay, and so th- this brings up a good point. Um, whenever I play a game, and I don't know if you do this, the first thing I do is go to the language settings. So that way I can turn on subtitles if they are not automatically turned on and turn any foreign language to English because I uh, get distracted too easily and cannot be left around just subtitles and be uh, expected to understand anything. So I, I would like to do that, but some... For some reason, I've convinced myself I'm a purist, and I hate that about myself. I hate it. <laughs> so I watch when I'm forced to watch anime. I force myself to listen to it in Japanese and read subtitles. When I play games like this, I force myself to do it. I don't know why. I shouldn't, because for the same reason you don't do it. I was on my phone half the time. I looked up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're still talking, and I'm supposed to be reading this whole time, dude. It was rough. Also, what they don't tell you is this game. I, like I said, I only got an hour and 20 minutes in is I don't want to say mostly, but it felt like mostly cutscenes. The first hour was cutscene heavy, like Kingdom Hearts level cutscene heavy. Like it was it was funny at first because they give you like a five minute cutscene. I hate it when games intro with long cutscenes and long cutscenes is like anything longer than two minutes. Like, especially at the beginning. Like, when it makes Um, sense to put the controller down. And so, you do, like, a five-minute intro cutscene. The game literally lets you walk across the street, and then it goes to another cutscene. And that's the first instance of gameplay you have, is, like, a single walk across the street, and then you're back into a cutscene. So, I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Yeah, dude, Um, I felt like I was getting trolled. But... But after like the, and I know that this is a big thing to ask, but like after like the first like 45, 60 minutes, it lightens up on the cutscenes a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, Cause I, I, I played for four hours and I haven't seen a genuine cutscene in a while. Um, so to explain the gameplay of mm-hmm. this, um, it's Assassin's Creed-esque in the sense that there are places that you, like, purify. There are these gates that are corrupted that you go and you cleanse it. And it opens up a section of the map and, like, shows you where all the side quests are, shows you where the collectibles are, stuff like that. So it's, like, very synonymous to synchronizing um, a waypoint in Assassin's right. Creed. Um and so that's just kind of like exploring the world. There's not a lot going on in the world. Um, it's a pretty linear game. Uh, but along the way, you can do side quests. Um, and most of these side quests involve um, going into somebody's house and like helping them with their unfinished business and stuff like that. And the gameplay itself, the way the combat works, is you are given several different types of... Um, elemental projectiles you start with a wind projectile which is kind of your basic like single shot simple damage then you get a firebolt which is one of those like less ammo but higher damage slower fire rate type projectiles Mm -hmm. and then you get a water element and that lets you hit like a wider range so it's closer to kind of like a shotgun type damage spread. Um, 
You also get a bow that you can stealth around with. Um, and some like stun grenades effectively and stuff like that. So that's like what the gameplay is. And I like the aesthetic of this game a lot. I think it does a really good job at like making a modern game and having this like very clear aesthetic to it. And I think it holds to it very well. Yeah. I also, the aesthetic is cool. It's, it's kind of scary. Oh, dude. Yeah. When you're first uh-huh. getting introduced I to was, these uh, monsters, I'm like, yo, this is not cool. There are there were several moments where I like j- I had to like pause for a second and walk away. Um, there's one enemy that you face that's like it's kind of hard to describe and make it sound as scary as it felt to me, but um, it kind of looked like a balloon that somebody put a tablecloth around and then drew a scary face yep. on it. <laughs> And that was kind of scary. Um, and there was a gate that I was cleansing and I was going through the process of cleansing it. And there's a five second cutscene. There's it's an animation that plays as you're cleansing the gate. And I, I got interrupted halfway through that animation and like thrown to the other side of the area. And I like whenever a game interrupts the mundane parts of it to scare you it gets me every time and it's one of my favorite things it's like oh we know that you see this animation 40 times we're gonna throw you a curveball yeah, um, uh, so that caught yeah, me off even guard. outside and the jump the scares thing, uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you finish and the last thing is it plays with your vision yeah, a lot dude. that's like the thing that scares me the most is whenever movies or games like change how i perceive the world um it always gets me and so there are many instances in this game where you will walk into a room and your vision flashes and you see just a bunch of it's just spooky images in rapid succession and now your whole environment is like covered in blood and torn up and i'm just like all right cool awesome thanks for this dude um for the record just the vibes are scary the monsters are scary any here's the thing when you're out in the open it's not that bad but like when a guy in a suit just starts walking quickly towards you it gives me enderman vibes um, yes. but way scary. Um, yeah, there's a Doctor Who villain called the Silence that looks very similar to the generic enemy in this game. Like that is the first thing I thought of when I saw that. Um, and there's lots of just like generally creepy characters. Um, like there's a, lots of like decapitated schoolgirls yeah. and like little girls in raincoats, and I'm just like, all right. awesome but like it wasn't so scary where i felt like i had to like pace myself yeah it just felt Um, more creepy than scary i think yes yeah like it's not a resident evil game um i think the hardest part for for me when it came to this game was like i find it difficult when i can tell that damage is very important to a game and the upgrade tree does like nothing to help me boost that. And this was one of those instances. There are lots of skills to upgrade in this game. None of almost none of them are like deal 20% more damage. Meanwhile, like I got far enough in the game to where like my basic wind attack was just like 
shooting peas at these enemies. And I'm like, all right, I need a little bit more than what I got yeah, here. Yeah, dude, when they introduced the skill tree, I'm like, oh, dude, I thought I understood this game. Once they introduced the skill tree, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I thought I was way further in the game than this. When we're introducing controls <laughs> and basic upgrades, I'm like, freaking yikes, dude. That's how I felt in Need for Speed last week when I'm like, all right, I put some good time into this game. And then I finished the prologue. Yeah. Um, it was so, it was pretty rough for me. Um, overall, I the reason why I think you don't like this game. Yes, there's a couple reasons, but I'll, I'll confirm it. There's a couple reasons. The big one is, and you and I have used this kind of colloquially for the last few years, where this game is too video gamey for you. Oh, yeah. It's so video gamey. Um, and so when you texted me, I hadn't played the game yet. So I'm like, oh, no, is it boring? And then I played it, and I'm like, nope, this is just a normal game. Like, gang, this game is so normal, it's crazy. Like, it doesn't even have, like, a mission, like, an intense mission log. Like, it's not like you're juggling a bunch of quests and menus and inventories and crafting or in spells it's just kind of like here's your side quests here's your weapons here's the collectibles have fun and i'm like okay seems pretty normal to me yeah this game reminded me of the witcher and okay i couldn't even tell you why but i'm like oh i didn't like that game either and the thing is i like and take this for exactly what it is. I mean it when I say it. The most mainstream games there are. And those are almost exclusively the only games I play. Need for Speed was a departure for me. Because it's like secondary to Gran Turismo and Forza. Like that's almost. That's a double A title. I play exclusively triple A titles. I'm, I'm looking for blockbusters bro. Like I don't. If, if this was movies. I only play. Um top three blockbuster games or blockbuster movies doesn't matter if it's nominated for oscars doesn't matter if this person got best actor it's who sold the most tickets and then when we started playing this month i'm like we haven't played any of those games all of these are like correct i guess goldeneye was <clears throat> but not anymore and hollow knight just is it just an indie game that scratched an itch but Ghostwire Tokyo is straight up one of those things. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I do not play enough video games to enjoy this. This is one of those games that, like, knowing the language of video games helps you out a lot. Because um, there's a lot of, like, tutorial stuff that you don't really need. Because a lot of knowledge from previous games just kind of carry over. And because Ghostwire Tokyo is um the most normal game that we've played so far like the the least skills have transferred to these games you know um i also want to talk about the collectibles <laughs> um, sweet didn't even get there okay so the main type of collectible in this game are uh, wandering spirits that you can collect. When you clear one of the gates, you get an item uh, that lets you hold wandering spirits. Um, and then you can take those spirits to a payphone, redeem them, and it'll like put the spirits back to where they're supposed to go. And in return, you get an XP reward and also a cash reward. Okay, so, so didn't know that was collectibles. I under I did that. 
and had no idea why I was doing it. So you were doing it because it provided you practical purpose in the game with XP and the cash reward. Um, but I think it said that the, the way they counted the collectibles was kind of funky because every time you collected like a spirit, it would tell you exactly how many spirits you collected. And it could be anywhere from like 90 to like 300. It was really random. Um, and so on the map, it tells you that there are a hundred thousand of these spirits out there, but because they range so drastically in number, I genuinely don't know how many like on the map collectibles that translates to. Um, the thing that I can equate it to is like in Saints Row 4, when there were 280 of those skill point orbs across the map, Jeez. it was giving me very similar vibes to that. That's um, except I didn't have quite the superpowers to fly around the city and get them. Um so I saw that and I just like immediately think of like, oh man, I'm glad I don't perfect games anymore because, oh boy, this would have been a doozy. Dude, it's like, I didn't even realize they were collectibles when I was doing it, dude. Th- yeah. This- well, because I did scroll through the achievements for a little bit and there were achievements that were like collect 25% of the spirits of the- in Tokyo, collect 100% of the spirits in Tokyo. Um, But this is one of those games that I think benefits unanimously across the board from being on Game Pass. Because this is the kind of game that, because it's not IP-based, and because it's um, not developed by like a well-known developer, like people don't really drop 40 to 70 bucks on those kinds of yeah, games. Yeah, that's a risk. Um, so I'm happy that we got to play it on game pass. Cause that means, cause it means I don't have to commit as much and I'm not as worried about it. Um, it is, uh, published by Bethesda. Um, I don't know if it's developed by Bethesda though. I don't think so. Um, regardless, what I'm saying is I'm glad I got to play this game for four hours and I'm not pressured to go back. I can go back at my leisure and it's really encouraging to see games like this on that service. Right. Because I liked this game enough that I think that it is in good company is kind of the way I would put it. Who is this game for? This game is for, I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I th- I think it's just like, a, uh, um, I don't know if this game has like a niche audience in the way that like Call of Duty goes for, you know, Mountain Dew drinking Dorito eaters. Right. And... You know, like it doesn't have that kind of an audience. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to pull its demo out that strongly, but like this game is not for you don't go from Animal Crossing to Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, there's a couple steps you need in so, between. Yeah. So I would say that this game is good for people that have played the basics and want to play something else. You know, I mean, this game, you know, came out. Um, and it got attention. It got, you know, reviews by all the big sites. So it's not like this is an indie darling or anything like that. But I think that if I don't know if this game got nominated for any of the game awards, but if it did, like it was it wasn't winning anything. Um, I just I really think that this the best way to put it is that this is a game. This is a game. And 
it's not going to change your life. You're not going to like miss out a bunch by not playing it. But I also think that if you are the way I thought about it is that this is the perfect game to play before Starfield comes out. Cause I played for like four hours. I'm probably like a third of the way through the game. So, you know, 12 to 15 hour campaign and, um, Starfield comes out in about a week. So, you know, if you just needed a game to hold you over till then, like that's what this game is for. You came to the right place. Craig, you're going to be upset with my rating, so should you go first or should uh, I go first? No, I mean, you can go first. 3.75. But here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. This game, probably for real, is a 5. But I can't tell the difference between a bad game and a game I really don't like. So, this game is not made poorly. I didn't have any problems with glitches. I didn't have any problems with not understanding where I needed to go. Right. I was like, there was nothing confusing about this game, right? And GoldenEye was one of the most confusing games I've played. So I gave GoldenEye a 2.75. I wanted, I enjoyed this slightly more. I'm like, oh, I got to give it something like maybe a three. And I realized it's technically fine. There's not an issue with it. It's the gameplay, the story, and those are kind of big, a big deal that I have an issue with. So I'm like, I'll give it, it's not the lowest score I can give it for not having technical issues, but it's pretty freaking close. So that's why I'm a, that's my 3.75. It's oh, It's probably one of the most unfair ratings I've given out because it's, I've, it's, <laughs> it's like getting through the first act of a movie and then quitting before you even know anything else about it. And it's just not your kind of movie, but I'm sticking by it. 3.75. <laughs> Um, I'm giving it a 7.25. Jeez. Um, I like, I think it's, I think it's a fine game. Um, there were definitely parts, um, that I know that if you didn't quit when you did, you would have later on. So like, I totally understand where you're coming from. Like there's a part where you get separated from KK. So you don't have any of the powers. So you have to play for like, it's not long, but like 15, 20 minutes um, where your only weapon is the bow. And so like, we would have some problems. There were some times where I would accidentally pick a fight and then just run away. I'm like, I can't do this. I really can't. Because even with all of KK's powers, fighting any more than three or more enemies at the same time was like a genuine mental initiative. Yeah, dude. You there was like you there was strategy needed for this to work. And so when all of that was taken away and I just had the bow, I'm like, oh, Look at the time. I got to go. Yeah, um, and but it goes back to like the point that we when whenever we talk about video games, we always come around to this concept of forced participation. Um, and this game definitely has some sequences like that. It was like, hey, this part's not the best. But in order to get back to the good parts, you have to do this. And I'm like, oh, OK, if you insist. Yeah, I um, mean, I I was talking to your brother about this i'm like this game would be so much better if i could just do it passively but i have to interact with the game that's how video games work and that felt torturous like don't force me to participate let me just have this going in the background and the problem is every time i got comfortable with the cutscenes, i'm like oh i gotta 
play again, dude. <laughs> but that's just me. Most people will not agree with me, I don't think. Yeah, so I'll probably be dabbling in this game until uh, the new stuff comes out. Um, but I, I enjoyed this. Sweet, dude. Um, let's move on to our improv segment. So this week for improv, we're doing some micro scenes. These are some scenes that I have prompted beforehand. Um, and we're just going to do short scenes, like two minutes or less type scenes um, with these prompts. Sweet, dude. Uh, are you ready? I'm always ready. Uh, telling a first date about your family curse. Um, so I think this is going well, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and you like me, right? Yeah. I like you. Um, yeah, I just think because we have a great thing going and I feel, I can feel like I can be vulnerable with you. Um, I don't want to trauma bond or anything like that, but I do think you should know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Um, my family has this thing. Um, and don't worry, it skips a generation, so I don't have it. But the firstborn is usually born with black eyes speaking Latin. And we gotta gotta take it to a priest to get it all sorted out. Um, and hold on. So this is something that skips a generation. Yeah. So I didn't have it. Okay. My mom did. But your dad did. Mom. Yeah. Oh. Okay. To my mom's side. Huh. Not many curses carry through uh uh matriarchally. So, yeah. It's uh, usually it's like that, and then like my mom's dad decides you know my hair. So it's really the two. Oh. Yeah. We kind of got unlucky okay. with that one. Okay. Um. Did you not try to like break the curse? Well, how was I supposed to do that? I don't have it. I don't know what the... So is it on our child to break the curse? Our child... I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. I'm, I just... You know, you said it, not me. Um, I mean, I guess I did. Um, I don't um, really know. How about I, don't we, really, uh, go, I don't really know who it's on, to be honest with you. Do you want to go uh, Do you want to go break that family curse? Again, I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. I thought... You understand me, right? I... I I think it's just one of the things you have to deal with. And it's, it's like circumcision. Like you deal with it okay, when it gets we're there. We're going to move on to the next scene. Okay. <laughs> I think we reached the natural conclusion on that one. Um, two knights trying to convince themselves that the King's unjust war is worth it. Oh, oh my gosh. We've been bro. in this trench for three weeks, dude. I'm telling you, if I wasn't defending my family, I would not be out here. I just think it's kind of uh, kind of unfair that we have to fight the king's wars when he's the one that wanted to move our border property one kilometer south. Hey, man, I get that you might have an issue with this, but listen, if it's it's a thing we do every year, it's like inflation. One, it's it's one at a time. And if we don't, then they'll do it to us. And then all of a sudden, our kids and grandkids will be working for them. So, it's it's, it's uh, they know what's happening every year. We do this. It, it and this is like inflation. Yeah, it's like inflation. It's one of those things that like it happens no matter what. So you, you get on board. You know, it's an annual thing. Inflation goes up annually. We get more land annually. What are we supposed to do? Like have the same amount of land every year? That's freaking lame. Yes. That's exactly how much we're supposed to have. Some might argue that the land we have right now is too much. We're spread too thin as it is. But what if they do it to us? What if they want to get some of our land? That is an incredibly hostile mindset. But but that's bad. So, like, at least over 20 years, we'll get an extra, tw- you know, 20 kilometers. Uh, so if they come take some, be like, hey, man, they're only taking back 10. But if we don't take any... Hold on. 
then we're just at a loss. Do we know that they would try? Have we tried going a year without attacking our southern neighbors just to kind of see what would happen? That's like a beta mindset, and we don't really have that over here. Our right. king's an alpha, um, and I, I trust him. All right, well, you can stay here. I'm going to go organize a coup. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, <laughs> can you leave your rations? I'm getting kind of hungry. <laughs> all right. Uh, next scene, telling your friend a show gets really good, but you can't quite remember when. Dude, dude, I just... I just finished the meg the I just finished the the mega show. Okay, what's it on? Um, it's on Stars, which I understand. Jeez, oh, dude, <laughs> doesn't sound great, but let me tell you, the show is worth it. There's seven seasons, oh twenty five episodes a season. <laughs> 45 minute episodes and let me tell you you gotta work through it a little bit at the start but like it gets good you know i only do stars one month at a time i have to create a new email every time for my free trial i'm gonna be able to get through maybe the first season before the month's over maybe okay and like i said like i said the first season's a little rough there's the arc with the fake marriage and the the following fake pregnancy and that's a little rough but by the time you get to season two you just have to make it through the hiking arc and then the mountaineering arc and then by at that point you're already in season three and the only part you have to worry about that is it's a little bit of a slog to get through the mine shaft arc but like you hardly even notice it's there um so usually like end of seat well end of season three has the diving arc which a lot of like some people like some people don't um, yeah, let me, let me stop okay. you right there do you know how many hours of my life it's gonna take me to get to season three um like maybe 40 quick math i guess oh. somewhere in that ballpark if it's 25 episodes a season 45 minute episodes and I have to get through season three and into season four for it to get good. Because it gets good in season four, right? What do you mean by good? Because, oh like, there are a few episodes in season four where, like, Darcy gets replaced by a different actress because she was in the hospital. But, like, the show tries to pretend like nothing is different. But, you know, this all happened ten years ago as it was airing. Now, binge-watching it, it kind of, like... I know it just kind of feels a little weird, um, but like after that, you're you're good. You're good. I think this is just gonna have to be one of those shows that I watch on TikTok in small clips, and hopefully, it's just the good parts. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, there is that one arc uh, that they've already uploaded to TikTok, the TikTok arc. Uh, there's um, a TikTok arc. There's TikTok in the show. Well, they don't call it TikTok for like legal reasons, um, but. Uh, there's a few episodes where all the characters are just on their phones and it's 45 minutes of silence except for the sound effects that come from the phones of the actors. Um, but that's only like four or five episodes. So like you don't even have to worry oh about that. Oh my gosh, I'll kill myself. <laughs> all right, let's do our last one. Also, what I just did was how every One Piece fan talks about Dude, One Piece. I, there's a couple shows um, I will never get into like Naruto and One Piece and uh, Dragon Ball Z because there's so many episodes. I'm like, it's just a wash. 
I watched it as a kid. I'm hopped around episodes, and that's going to have to be good enough because I'm never going to watch it. Um, And then the last scene that we'll do is trying to access the secret menu at a kid's lemonade stand. Hey, bud, uh, what you got? Um, Just some lemonade. Some what? Lemonade. Oh, okay. Did you make this yourself, or is, it, is this just like powdered lemonade, or what do we got? Well, I made it myself with the powdered lemonade. Okay, okay. Can I get... um? Can I get that uh, three knock special? You want three? Three lemonades? Okay. No, I, uh, no, I just, uh, you know, I know you got some stuff, but, you know, just the three knock special, you know? Are you saying three knock special? All we sell okay, here okay. is you lemonade. Know what? Okay. If you, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have the three knocks, that's fine. Okay. Um, if you could get me the, uh, if you could get me the, the chamber fluid, I'll, I'll, I'll have some of the chamber fluid. Is that like different lemonade okay kid you're clearly not getting it okay i have 25 dollars cash right now i will give it to you right now if you no questions asked can give me three glasses of banana rama shamadama okay three glasses i think i can make that um let me go ask my mom if we have any bananas no 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 need to br- no need to bring your mom into this, okay? Just we can just do this ourselves, okay? I think my mom wants me to know. I want me tell her if anyone asks for a banana from me. I think that was one of our words, so I'm gonna have to let her know you asked for my banana. Okay, okay, no, no, no. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll just leave. I'll just leave. And um, here's my business card and that twenty five dollars. And uh, I know you'll do the right thing. Thanks, Mister. Tell your friends. <laughs> Um, I have never been to a place with a secret menu, and if I have, I've never ordered off of it. I've been, I assume that's what it's like. I mean, McDonald's has a secret menu. I've never ordered it, and In-N-Out has a very well-known secret menu. Um, that's where you, that's where animal style comes from. You know what? Because my biggest fear about a secret menu is me walking up to the register chest out head high full confidence and be like give me one of your seedless buns if you know what i mean and they just look at me like i'm an idiot like what are you talking about dude that would not that's Um, not the worst thing that could happen uh it would be to me i have a very skewed perspective on bad things that happen. i know you've bombed in public many times this would be like bombing with strangers and i think about it to this day um that was micro scenes. Um, Alex, what do you have for our middle set? We're doing doomed to fail, my guy. I love it when I am on the receiving end of doomed to fail, because if I win, I impress everybody. If I lose, that's the point of the bit. Craig, I come out of this ta- heads up no matter what. There's so here's what I did for doomed to fail. Before I've picked a bunch of like manly stuff that I know you don't know. Now I've picked. Things I am genuinely interested in and I know as like an enthusiast beginner level. Like this is low level stuff. Um, anyone in the culture will know. I have f- five different categories. I got motorcycles, watches, uh, cars, comedians slash comedic podcasts. It's a focus on podcasts by comedians and then the UFC. I know a little bit about all these, some of them more than others, but this is like super low level. So here we go. Starting off with motorcycles. Motorcycles have unequal braking. A certain percentage of your total brakes go to the front 
and total percentage of your total braking power goes to the back. What is the percentage? 70% to the back, 30% to the front. Final answer, no options necessary. You had it reversed. 70 to the front, 30 to the back. No! Dude, that was one of the options. You said 70, I'm like, no way. (laughs) You said 70 to the rear, I'm like, no. It's actually 70 to the front, 30 to the rear. Dang, I thought uh, thought all the... Power came from the back. Power comes, which is yeah, why the back wheel spins. Most of your braking power is all in the front. Your rear brake is just like usually for low speed maneuvers. Okay. Right, the difference between a 650cc and a 600cc motorcycle. is 50ccs. Dumb question. Next. We're talking about the engine. I know it's 50 cc's, but we're getting in, we're getting granular here. Would you like to hear your options? Um, I, oh yeah, sure. One of them just has slightly larger valves. One is typically an engine in a cruiser, and the other is typically the engine in a dirt bike. One has an inline four engine, and the other is a V-twin, and one is an inline four engine, and the other is a parallel twin. If you put a gun to my head and asked me to repeat word for word a single one of the options that was just laid out in front of me, you would have, uh, I would be in a very bad predicament to say the Here's least. Here's what I'm going to do. For um, some of these, I'm just going to no, message you <laughs> the options <laughs> and you can tell me which one. It's okay because the one that my heart felt is um, I did send the dirt you. bike one yeah, where dude, one of them is a dirt bike no and one of them isn't. No way. Dirt bikes with 600 cc's would be insane, dude. <laughs> insane what a dirt bike's like 200 or something 250 bro is like a normal (laughs) dirt bike that's crazy hold on i have an idea i do they still do dirt bikes at the olympics i think you're thinking of the x games (laughs) what the heck am i i'm pretty sure they don't do it at the olympics but they do stuff like baseball at the Olympics. No, they don't. <laughs> they did at one point. They do I'm gonna basketball. Baseball. I'm pretty sure you're thinking, because baseball has a World Series that's actually the world. Baseball was featured at the 2020 Summer Olympics in Tokyo. No way, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Shows my baseball now, just not part of Doom to Fail. All right, you failed. What's the what's the answer on the, uh, the six hundreds are inline fours, six fifties are parallel twins. My bike is a parallel twin. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'll take your word for All it. All right. A Harley, they Harley Davidson makes a series of bikes called Soft Tails. It's a kind of bike they make. They are called Soft Tails because. Would you like to hear options or do you know why they're called soft? Absolutely. Okay. Nah. <laughs> the bike has. What about my reckless hubris might make you think I'm ready <laughs> to go for a third called shot in a row. <laughs> the bike has an extra large rear fender. The bike has a larger tire in the rear than the front. The bike is designed for passengers or it just comes with a rear shock absorber. I think the shock absorber. That one. is it. Oh, That's yeah. Because it. it's. Yeah. yeah, Harley Davidson Softails have a shock absorber that's right under the seat. It's attached to the swing arm, and it's literally there just to make the ride a little bit smoother. Dude, okay, Next. so all right, we've let we're leaving the motorcycle category. We're going into watches. The Trinity refers to three high tier watches. The best it comes in. I have five companies. Tell me which ones belong to the Trinity: Audemars Piguet, 
Richard Milley, Richard Mill, Ale and Songe, Patek Philippe, Vacheron Constantine. Who? None of those were Rolex. <laughs> nope. Mm. I'm going to send this list to you. Uh, oh, please do, my man. I mean, the, good luck on the pronunciation, because I know how they're supposed to sound, and I still couldn't do it. Patek Philippe? I, I'm on board with that. Okay. I think it's the three in the middle. Uh, Patek Philippe, Vacheron Constantine, and Alange Son. Those are the three I'm going with. Uh, Elaine Song is not one okay. of them. Okay. You know what? Two out of three, not bad. I also, yeah, I was gonna say when you have five the options. worst I could have done was one out of three, <laughs> just the way the math works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. The Rolex Sprite is well known for what reason? You pop the face off and you can lick it, and it tastes like a lemon lime soda. I'm gonna give you some options. <laughs> Man, did okay, whatever. It- it's uh that's the craziest thing i've ever heard right so i'm gonna let her uh yeah um it's got a green bezel and a white gold face it's the first rolex with a glowing dial and a special hand movement that was also glowing uh the first it was the first dive watch that was also automatic or it's just a left-handed watch it's got a green bezel white gold face i really i just that that first one really feels like a trap especially since i've already made a sprite joke in this question that for me to go with the answer that is incredibly sprite the soda related feels like a setup um i'm gonna say it's the diving watch because i feel like glowing watches have been a thing for a while um, uh it's a left-handed watch okay. it was the first left-handed watch made by rolex it does have a green bezel but that's not why it's famous. There's a bunch of other ones. Like the Hulk also has a green bezel. It's an, it is a dive watch. It is automatic. It's not why it's famous. There's a bunch of them that are like that. And they all freaking glow. So, <laughs> all right. This one is real basic. A complete set for a watch refers to papers, which is a user manual, a certificate of authenticity. I thought we were rolling this watch up and smoking it. And, <laughs> yeah. So, a complete set is the papers and a box and what else? Like a mount? Like a holder? That is incorrect. Was that at least a good guess? That is. There is. Okay. Well, you could have lied to me. Because the mount, the holder, would be the box. Or you could put it in its own watch box if you have one aftermarket. There is no no other thing. A complete set is literally box and papers. I else. guess I imagine that was one of the options if I had let you talk. <laughs> yeah. The other options were a complete purchase history of all the owners, the original receipt, a certificate that's never been worn. I just want to say or none that we re- we started recording 20 minutes later than we planned on recording because Alex was working very, very hard on having plausible and realistic multiple choice answers to all of these questions. And I'm just jumping yeah. right over them. You're just straight up skipping them. Just, just skipping them. All right, we've moved to cars. What's the difference between a Porsche GT2 RS and a Porsche GT3 RS? I would love some options for this one. One has six cylinders, one has eight. One's naturally aspirated and one has turbos. One's rear engine and one has a front engine. And the only difference is... what were the numbers again? GT2 RS and GT3 RS. 
I'm going to say the front and back engine. That is incorrect. The GT2 mm. RS has turbos, and the GT3 RS is naturally aspirated. All Porsche 911s okay. are rear-engined. Um, name the car that is most similar to the cho- Toyota GR86. Bumblebee. I don't know. What are my options? <laughs> Toyota Corolla, Honda Accord, Subaru BRZ. And what's my base car Hyundai again? Elantra. Toyota GR86. The last, the Hyundai. Yeah. Hyundai Elantra is incorrect. The Subaru BRZ is the right answer. If you looked up images of either one of these, the Subaru BRZ and the Toyota GR86, they look almost identical. And the Subaru was the one that I had erased from my mind because I'm like, I know what Subarus <laughs> look like. They look almost identical. All right, the last car question. Which Mark Supra? I almost gave you the answer. Which Supra is the most highly sought after? They go one through five. Mark one, Mark two, Mark three, Mark four, Mark five. So you're asking me which edition of this car is the most sought after? Yep. One through five. Two. That is incorrect. Four. It's four. I got four it. Four is the one that was in need for, and uh, it was in Fast and Furious. Oh, Paul okay. Paul Walker drove one. Okay. I think his was orange. All right. That's, uh, that finishes the car questions. Now we're going to comedians and their podcasts. You are not going to get these. I mean. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Bobby Lee has a podcast called Tiger Belly with his ex-girlfriend. His girlfriend's his ex-girlfriend's name is Whitney, Eliza, Kalila, or Christina. I don't think it's Whitney or Eliza because those are both comedians. They're all comedians. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so or, I wouldn't say they're all comedians. They're all they all have comedic podcasts with comedians so or they perform stand up. I'm still uh taking those two out. Okay. Christina and Kalila. Kalila Kuhn, Christina Pazisky. I've never heard of a Kalila before, so I'm going to choose Kalila. It is Kalila. Yeah! <laughs> that is your second one you've gotten correct. I feel like All I've right. gotten close enough on some that we can round up to a third I point. I think that's a stretch. All right. Joe Rogan has frequent guests on his podcast, a couple returning. He has a group called Protect Our Parks, which is the same three returning guests all come back at the same time. I'm going to give you five names. You tell me which three are the recurring guests that come back as a part of Protect Our Parks. Bert Kreischer, Ari Shafir, Chris DiStefano, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis. Bert, Ari, Chris, Mark, Shane. Middle three again. Ari, Chris, Mark. Correct. That is incorrect. Chris DiStefano has only been on the podcast Dang. once. Shane Gillis. Oh. At the end is part of Protect And Our that Parks. was the one, again, I had written him off. I'm like, no way it's him. All right, the last one. Are You Garbage is a podcast where uh, H. Foley and Kippy, I forgot his name. I feel so bad, even though this is never going to get to him. Kevin, dang it, dude. I feel so bad. Anyways, they do a podcast where they judge whether or not you're trash Oh, yes, yes, yes. One of these people was given the classy distinction. Which one was it? Joe List, Trevor Wallace, Tom Segura, Che Derna. Joe List, Trevor Wallace, Tom Segura. Jay Derna. I'm going to say Trevor Wallace. Tom Segura. And again, I'm like, there's no way Tom Segura has done anything classy in his life ever. Yeah, he got it, dude. He got the classy distinction. All right, moving on to the UFC. Last three questions. What is the real name of Mighty Mouse? What? What is it? What is the real name of the fighter who goes by the moniker Mighty Mouse? I totally forgot that we had moved on to UFC. 
<laughs> UFC. Um, One options. Yes. Demetrius Johnson. Conor no. McGregor. No. Dustin Poirier. Who knows? Maybe. Max Holloway. Uh, let's go with that third one. Dustin Poirier? Yeah. And that's Dustin the Diamond Poirier. It's actually Demetrius oh. Johnson. Oh. Yeah. How stupid of me. How could I have forgotten? All right. Uh, the m- most recent dominance in the sport, so about the last five years, has come from what country? Like this, a- these athletes, the most dominant athletes are coming from what country? Um, I'm going to take a pot shot here and I'm going to say Spain. You want options? It's quick. <laughs> yeah. Nigeria, Russia, Brazil, Australia. Oh, Brazil. Nope. It's Russia. Dang it. Specifically the state of Dagestan. Uh, ah, how did I forget about Dagestan? All right. John Jones is considered one of the, he's a contender for the greatest of all time in the UFC. It's heavily disputed, but he's like in everyone's top list. He has fought in two weight classes and is in the current champion of one of them. What are the two weight classes? What are the weight classes? You want all of them or do you want your options? I would like my options. The relevant ones, I guess. <laughs> okay. So two of these are the ones he is, he is known for. He's only fought in these two. Lightweight, welterweight, middleweight. Light heavyweight, heavyweight. Lightweight, welterweight, middleweight. Light heavy, heavy. Welterweight, light heavy. It was light heavy and heavy. Dang it. He dominated light heavy and now he's currently in heavy and he's won uh, his last. He's had his last fight and he's got another one booked for November. Okay. So you got two right, dude, out of uh, 15 questions. Hey, I think I did one of those performances where um, you hand the test into the teacher and you know you didn't get a good grade, but you know you made them laugh. Well, they, so, when you get the, they get you a grade and be like, this is not as good as the odds if you would have just straight up guessed. And you did guess. You just got so unlucky. That's when it's like true or false for a hundred question test and you get like 15 of them right they're like that's statistically improbable that you would do this badly so you know what we'll just call it an anomaly are you ready for your one hit wonder i am so ready it's called new you um you're an established dude you know what you like you know what you don't like i think it's time to reinvent yourself we've had we've done like red flags we've done all these things where it gradually gets worse i'm just gonna be like hey here's something that you're not into you don't like it's nothing like you and we're just going to say you're into this now. We're going to reinvent yourself. Okay. Um, I've got nine categories. Each one has three options. Just because you pick one doesn't mean you can't have the others. I'm just telling you to, this is what you should focus on. Okay. So you got to be into a different kind of significant other. We got to go for a new type of person. Okay. So here's your three types. Bikers, the yoga, astrology, essential oil type, and parents. Um, The biker. Yeah easy sweet we are into bikers now uh you're gonna pick up a new hobby are you gonna be a mechanic a ham radio operator or are you gonna get into taxidermy i guess ham radio operator I just don't... like 
amateur CB radio, just talking to people, setting yeah. up antennas and stuff. I mean, why not? Because like at least that like that kind of AV stuff will transfer to other. I mean, like I guess the mechanic stuff would transfer too. But every time somebody has tried to teach me any sort of mechanic thing, my eyes just kind of glaze over and my brain turns off until they stop talking. <laughs> All right, so we're going ham radio. That's cool. I'm excited to see where that takes you. Uh, we're going for a new style for you. We're dressing completely different. Uh, you can go goth, athleisure, or buy exclusively from Bass Pro Shop. I'm going to say athleisure just because that feels like the least amount of work. I wish I could pull off goth. I don't have the energy for that. I feel like you could also do Bass Pro Shop. But I don't want to. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, you're going to get into a new type of food, Craig. We all know you're very particular. So we're going we're gonna to branch out. Your new favorite is going to be Thai brewery food. So you're going to have an IPA with every meal. Usually it could be like a barbecue or something like that. And then just experimental, new flavors, different combinations, something like that. I'm going to say the brewery. I had a feeling you were going to lean that direction. Um, we're going to give you some new goals, a focus for your life. You have the family focused option, which means your number one priority is to get a spouse have two kids and a family dog. The grind priority, where your number one priority is to have two or three jobs, work 60 to 70 hour work weeks, and just make cash. And then the starving artist, where it's passion focused. You're probably going to have roommates forever, but you get to travel occasionally, stay in hostels, hitchhike, and stuff like that. I who? Family focused, grind, or starving artist. Grind is not it for sure. Um, I'm going to say family focused just because I like my luxuries too much. Your to mom listening to the podcast right once. now just said, yes, thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you get to pick your trauma slash your baggage. Um, you're going to have trust issues in relationships and you'll self-sabotage with your insecurity. You're going to have a horrible addiction with a relapse every two to three years. Or you're just going to be straight up emotionally unavailable to everyone. Never be vulnerable. People want to be vulnerable with you. And you'll just uh, be a, a lone wolf. Trust issues, addiction, emotionally unavailable. None of these particularly jive with the family-focused outlook <laughs> I chose not 45 seconds ago. So this is a real uh, balance struggle that we're looking at right here. Um but I'm letting you pick your baggage because oh, you already yeah. got you have your baggage now that you currently deal with in life. But I'm letting you we can just decide to get rid of that baggage. I'm going to say that I'm going to say the trust issues because I feel like that is the thing that we can set like the most contingencies for. OK, so we only got three more for your new life. New you. You're going to get a new pet beef, but it sends you into a rage. Shoes in the house, hair in the shower, or just the idea of sharing food. People asking you for your food, just messing with your stuff. I'm going to say hair in the shower purely because, and this is my own fault. I know this. There's no one to blame but myself. But before I moved out of my apartment a month ago, I unclogged the drain and I'm going to go ahead and guess that the person before me didn't unclog the drain either Oof. because um, I spent the entire year that I lived at that apartment taking showers with a time limit because 
the bathtub would just oh, fill up. Oh no, dude. And I did a bunch of those like at home like remedies for unclogging pipes and none of them worked. So on my last day there, I literally just like opened it up and went to town with some tweezers and I never want to do that again. That's disgusting. Um, so we have two left. Um, you get to pick your best trait now. You're extremely secure. You're great with kids or you make friends extremely quickly. I'm good. I want to be good with kids. Um, because my biggest fear is that when I have kids, which is like top three things I want to do with my life, well, yeah, is that I'm afraid priorities. that, yeah, and I'm afraid that I'm going to have a kid and then like two years in just be like, this kid is so annoying. I don't know how to handle this. It is much like, more likely. Kids, let me reassure you. It is much more likely that you're going to have a kid love it to death, but like not know how to parent and be bad than like the kid get on your nerves. Cause here's the thing. The kid's going to get on your nerves, but like, it's not going to get that serious. You're going to be like, I freaking love this kid to death. It is much more likely that you'll be a bad parent. So like, that's why okay. it's good to be good with kids. <laughs> I'm glad you chose being yes. good with kids. Yeah. Uh huh. I know a lot of people that love their kids and like they get annoying, but like at the end of the day, they're like, oh, I just freaking love you. They're still bad parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question. You're picking a new physical flaw. You still have your old ones, but now you got a new one. Absolutely clear the room. Repugnant farts. A drastic receding head hairline at 25. Or you That's get to lose six months, dude. Yep. Or you can lose seven teeth of your choosing. Seven is like just too many. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I did five. There's some strategic placing that Dude, I think could, a I lot of people would with. not be able to tell. But seven is is forcing me to make some choices. <laughs> um, gosh, I think the receding hairline isn't that bad. I think people find ways to make receding hairlines work. I think I could find, and plus, all my friends told me this week that my hair looks like shit. So let's just get rid of it. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think receding hairlines are that bad. It's just a problem for guys who have a lot of identity and like like they hold their hair as like a part of them. Like it's a part of their identity. So like I think the average guy's like, eh, whatever, I'll shave it. But for some people it's like it destroys them. So I'm glad you just whatever. You're going bald, just shave it, it's no big deal. Well, Craig, um, let's review the new you, okay? Um, you're now into bikers. You have started a new ham radio hobby. You dress in mostly athleisure. You frequent breweries and bars for the drinks and the food. You are family focused. You definitely want a spouse, two kids, and a dog. You have serious trust issues and self-sabotage. You can't stand hair in the shower. It sends you into a rage. You are great with kids, but you're going to have a crazy receding hairline in about six months. Sure. I mean, hey, could be worse. Could Could be worse. worse. Yeah, man, that's Um, all I got. That's new year. I have a thing for freeballing. Sure. Um, I discussed this a little bit with you, but I watched the A24 movie Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And when this movie came out, I was excited for it, but I didn't have anybody to go with. And because it was a horror movie, I didn't want to go alone. Um, so it just kind of passed me by. And I've been waiting for a good opportunity to watch it. And I finally got around to it. 
and that movie is boring. Oof. <laughs> oh, man. Oof. And it, it's just, it's one of those things where, like, it's well made. It has a purpose. I can tell that it, everything that that movie does is exactly what that movie wanted to do. And so everything that I say about this movie is purely subjective. And, like, I take no qualms with the people that do like this movie. I just don't get it. Because it's a horror comedy. And just, like, none of the jokes landed for me. Oh, no. Like, it was... It was very clearly, this is how Gen Z talks, and we're going to make an effort to make it, like, actually how, like, Gen Z talks. But it's not in that, like, stuffy boardroom kind of way. It's in that, like, we genuinely want to make a movie that interests, like, this younger demographic. So, like, the language that they were using wasn't out of place or... Um, inappropriate or just wrong. It just felt cringy. Um, and I just felt like a lot of the jokes I've heard a lot before. And maybe that's a symptom of movies take a long time to make and right. trying to make trendy jokes. You're going to be beaten to the punch six months too soon. Even though you wrote the joke first, they just got it out before you could. And so I think this movie suffers from a lot of jokes that I have seen on TikTok, but it's obvious that they weren't trying to steal jokes. Um, it's just unfortunate, you know, timing of production. Um, and I just didn't care for any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Davidson in this movie, he's the one that dies. Um, Spoiler. And so, nah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it like it's like forty minutes into the movie, and I'm just like, it, it's it, it's one of those things where it was so obvious he was going to die because he's the only actor whose name you know. Oh, and so, so like if they want me to feel anything, he's got to be the guy. Exactly. And like in Death on the Nile, it was shocking because Gal Gadot is the most famous person in a room full of other celebrities. Right. Pete Davidson is the most famous person in a room full of up and coming comedy writers. <laughs> right. So it just I really the thing that I keep telling people is I got so bored while watching this movie. I learned how to jailbreak my 2DS while watching this movie. That's so um, rough, dude. <laughs> so it's a four out of 10 for me. Um, Golly, it's I thought one, it would be higher than that. <laughs> nah, I re- I just didn't like it. Like, I don't think I laughed at all. I wasn't worried about what characters were dying. Oh, and this movie was shot. Like, it's dark in a way that, like, I couldn't see things. Like, like they needed more studio lights. Yeah, like, I would look up at the screen and I'd be like, I genuinely don't know what's going on right now. Because <laughs> like, I, I can't see anything. I turned my TV off. <laughs> Um, so that's bodies, bodies, bodies. Next week we are playing a game called hi-fi rush. It came out earlier this year. It's like a rhythm action game and I've heard really good things about it. So I'm excited to jump into it. Dope. I'm into it, bro. Until next week. My name is Craig Wells, AKA permanent handle. And I'm Alex good. AKA Alex good. Have fun, be safe and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.